You know, I think it's only right for the majority, the vast majority of you wrestling fans to realize and understand that Charlotte Flair is just ahead, miles, trips, days, weeks, years, centuries ahead of every single woman in the women's division, no matter what brand, no matter what company, she just has it. She has that it. She she has it. She has the it. You know? Welcome back to the Within the Ropes podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Brian Tronic, and I'm here to review Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about some Raw. We're going to talk about some Monday night. Okay? We're going to talk about it. It was only right that they started off Raw tonight with our brand new Raw Women's Champion, Nikki, almost a superhero, after stealing it from the Queen last week. And I say that because she did. She stole it from her. She was distracted. She was beaten down. She was taken advantage of, okay, by Nikki Ash. Okay, beaten down, not to a pulp. I wouldn't go that far to give Rhea that much credit. But, you know, nonetheless, it was two against one last week. That's just my personal opinion. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Uh, They started it off with Nikki Ash, though. She welcomed the WWE Universe to Monday Night Raw. Says she's been waiting forever to do that. She's always wanted to do that. She's happy to be with the live crowd. Um, and at that point, when she's going down the line, talking about everything she's accomplished and happy for, and she's interrupted by the queen herself, Charlotte Flair, okay, the 14-time women's champion. And I know that WWE doesn't acknowledge the entire reign, okay, but I do, all right? Myself, Tron, here at Within the Ropes, I acknowledge Charlotte Flair's 14 title reigns. Why? Because she's the GOAT. She's the queen. She's single-handedly holding WWE on her shoulders as they continue to get back in number one. (laughs) They're getting back to number one status because of the queen Charlotte Flair. Now, she came out. Let's not let's not let's not lose track here, okay, wrestling fans. Let's not let's not lose focus. We're focused, okay. Monday Night Raw, she mocks Nikki Ash, okay, and she says that Nikki's fairy tale doesn't have it happen uh, a happy ending, okay. Almost said happy nigga. <laughs> um, Charlotte Flair tells Nikki she's a disgrace, and um. And she also tells her that she looks stupid and can't represent this company. Now, how perfect can you be to draw the heat? I mean, that is, look, man, I know some of you out there, I didn't see some outrageous, disgusting tweets, okay, during the duration of this program uh, saying that Charlotte has go-away heat and even Rhea has go-away heat. Look, man, can we stop that? It's it, we about the we approaching the the end of 2021 and going into 2022. Can we just like the what chance? Can we get rid of 
go away heat. Can we stop that? Go away heat. Charlotte doesn't have go away heat. Okay. In fact, people like her. And I think people are afraid to understand and see that. Like people who don't like her are not happy that she gets cheered. Um, I heard she's been getting cheered on the live events as well uh, over the past weekend. But I also heard that Nikki Ash got booed out of the building and no one cared. Yeah, didn't seem that way tonight. But Charlotte Flair went on to say that she doesn't believe Nikki Ash is a champion. And um, she says before Nikki takes another victory lap, she has to remind everyone that Nikki is only champion because of Rhea Ripley. And I told you guys this, okay? Y'all saw it last week. She's only champion because Rhea Ripley. That's why. Now, let me, let's back it up real quick. Let's dial up. Let's, let's focus in on this entire segment, okay? Charlotte's doing her job. She's obviously putting over. She's, she's lifting the baby face. She's putting Nikki on her hands and raising her in the air, okay? She's using her hands as a platform so that Nikki Ash can step on. Oh, my God. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but my computer is running low on storage space. Every single time I record one of these episodes, um, it says that my computer is running low on storage space, but that's nothing new. That's just normal. Um, we'll figure it out later. But Charlotte's doing her job. The crowd is booing her. You know, they're loving Nikki Ash. She looks great. She's got the 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 cape on. Everything is working out well for Nikki Ash. Charlotte then starts to blame the crowd for everything. Now, this is kind of where the promo in the segment kind of took a turn. I'm not a big fan of the you people type of situations, but I do think that we should just let the situation play out and understand that, look, it's going to happen. We don't have to like it, but things like that's going to happen, just like the what chance, you know, or this. I don't know if. Mm. <sighs> I don't know if CM Punk chants are going to continue to happen. With CM Punk possibly going over to AEW, I don't know if the CM Punks in WWE will still happen. But only time will tell. We'll have to see. Um, but like I was saying, Charlotte Flair blamed the crowd, started doing the, you people, you know, you people are jealous. She said she's a victim of injustice, and I agree. I think Charlotte is indeed a victim of injustice. Everyone knows that she would still be Raw Women's Champion if it wasn't for Rhea Ripley. You, you, hey, she should have just went to the back. She sh- shouldn't have tried to attack Charlotte and, and, and you know, and put Charlotte in this position to become the 15-time Women's Champion. But, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. No, nah, but on a serious note, though, um, don't like the you people thing. Um, but I felt like Charlotte had no choice but to go that route with this segment and with this promo, considering that obviously she's gotta she's gotta make herself be hated so much, you know, to elevate Nikki, Nikki Ash, to elevate um her popularity. Um Ray Ripley uh 
says that she should get the first shot. She comes out. Rhea says she should get the first shot, and it should be at SummerSlam. Nikki says they both need to take a step back. She says it's it's time for a new face of the women's division. All of a sudden, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce walk out on the stage, and you know what's going to happen when they walk out on the stage. Like, who the fuck do they think they are? Uh, uh, Teddy Long? No, they're not Teddy Long. Sonya, though, books a triple threat match for SummerSlam, and Charlotte is at this point just frustrated, as she should be. Am I smelling? Hmm. Am I smelling Daniel Bryan? Is Rhea Ripley the new Daniel Bryan? Is she just walking into people's one-on-one matches or should be one-on-one matches and, and making them triple threat matches for absolutely no reason at all whatsoever? Rhea shouldn't be in this match. Hello, it should be Nikki Ash versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam in a one-on-one match for the Raw Women's Championship. But no, they want to try and make things interesting. And see, this is what frustrates me about the WWE and just about Vince and what they're doing and the way they book and the way they write and everything. This doesn't need to be a triple threat. Rhea Ripley could easily be in a badass feud with somebody else right now. Somebody. Anybody. You know? Um, Shit. Here's a way to get Rhea Ripley over with the crowd. If, you know, some people are... uh, you know, don't really understand or don't think that Rhea's over, right? Here's how to get her over. Put her up against Eva Marie. I don't know. Do that. Put her up against Eva and see what happens. I don't know. Or you can even put her up against Alexa. That would be cool to see. It'd be different. Different and cool. But she doesn't need to be in this match. I don't know. But Charlotte's upset. She says she wants a singles match for the title tonight. And Nikki Ash accepts the challenge. Adam Pierce books the match for tonight. And then Charlotte Flair attacks Rhea Ripley. Nikki Ash drop kicks Charlotte out of the ring. And then there you go. You got your champion superhero like flying around the ring. Now, this is where I got confused because later on in the night, uh, they talked about the main event, uh, Flair and Nikki. But they said it was a championship challenge match. And, obvi- and, a, and uh, like obviously, you guys saw it just like I did. Charlotte Flair says she wanted a championship match tonight. And Adam Pearce said it's booked. It's a match. So I'm sure I'm not the only one. We were all expecting the Raw Women's Championship to be on the line tonight, but it wasn't. But we'll get to that. Um... The next matchup we got was for the United States, or excuse me, championship contenders match. What was it? Championship contenders night? I know you all feel the same way. Not a big fan of champions losing number one contenders matches to their potential challengers for the championship. Like, it just doesn't make sense, right? So we got Sheamus and Damian Priest tonight, which... And I was ha- I was all for, but then I was like, wait, I want this at SummerSlam. Why now? Because it's a championship contenders match, Tron. That's why, obviously. But like, this didn't need to happen. Damian Priest could have easily went up against Humberto. I would have ran. That would have been nice. You know, had them. Damian would have had to put Humberto down. Um, 
And it, it had a little story there. Like, you know, Damien was there for Humberto. But now in order to get to the title, he has to go through Humberto. And Humberto also has to go through um, Damien Priest. And in a sense, it's like, okay, I don't want to have to do this, but I got to do what I got to do if I want to get to that title. On both sides, it would have been a killer match. But this match was good as well. Sheamus and Damian Priest, they lock up. Sheamus took an early advantage, landed a few strikes. Damian Priest fired back, uh, hit a flying uh, back elbow. And then uh, Damian Priest clotheslined Sheamus over the top rope. Um, Priest uh, dive. Priest rolls out of the ring and tries a spin kick. Sheamus caught him and then drops him on the apron really, really hard. Uh Seamus mask comes off during this match. Um, so he looks confused and like worried. Seamus goes up top. Damien Priest cuts him off and he choke slams him off the top rope after a brief little walk from the turnbuckle pad to semi the middle of the rope. Uh, Seamus kicks out after a pin attempt. Seamus counters the reckoning with an Alabama slam. Damien Priest kicks out. Seamus tries to lock Damien Priest into a cloverleaf. Damien Priest blocks it, uh, kicks his way uh, out of the hole. Damien Priest unloads on Sheamus with a few strikes. Sheamus bounces off the rope and hits a pump knee. Damien Priest somehow kicks out after a pin attempt. And then Damien Priest surprises Sheamus with a reckoning for a one, two, three, and a win. And this is a win that Damien Priest needed. Damien Priest needed every bit of this win because I don't think he has one that means something, let alone, I mean, he may have had some. During his, you know, during his situation when he was with Bad Bunny, but um, he needed it. But Sheamus doesn't need to lose either. He's been looking dominant as, as ever. And for the most part, I, let's talk about this for a minute. For the most part, a lot of WWE champions, whether it be the Intercontinental Champion, um, the WWE Champion... Well, I won't put Apollo in there. I won't put Apollo in there because I'm not I'm not too impressed with his reign. But U.S. Championship, and I do believe that if Sheamus didn't get injured, he would have been as dominant as he could have been. But during the pandemic, he was dominant. Um, the WWE Champion, the Universal Champion. Um, who else? I can't say the same for the women's tag team titles. Um, who else? Oh, I guess that's not to think about it. I guess I was wrong. It's not, it's not that many champions that have been protected and look strong, but Bobby's looked strong, especially as of late Roman, you know, he's looked strong ever since he's come back before he even got that title in his hands. I think U S title, uh, you're the U S champion. Sheamus has been booked strong and looked strong. Um, Let's see. Raw Tag Champions look okay. We're going to get into that match next. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just feel like um, Sheamus losing to Priest, basically giving Priest. Uh, a, now he, Now we're going to see this match again for the championship. You know, like, it's kind of like weird. Almost like, what is Damian Priest? Okay, we know that Damian Priest can beat Sheamus now. And it's almost like a, like a, 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 what is it? Like a, like psychic, like 
you're seeing into the future. Like, you know, the 50 50 booking is coming, right? You know, what's coming. You just know it. We're going to see Sheamus versus Damian Priest 10 more times before the end of August. This month's going to end, and then we're going to see them wrestle for the entire month of August. And it's going to be probably a total of 10 times. But good win for Damian Priest. I'm glad. After the match, Sheamus was screaming about his nose being broken, and he wants a doctor. So that's cool. Next match we get is for the Raw Tag Team Championships. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, and Omos against the Viking Raiders. Oh, we've been looking at this match forever again. Another rematch, more rematches, tag team titles on the line. I was hoping the Viking Raiders would pull it off. Did they? I don't know. Eric drops Styles with a running knee. Uh, as soon as the bell rings, Eric picks up Ivar and tosses him into Omos. Ivar and Eric drop Styles with the Viking experience. Omos pulls Eric out of the ring. I thought it was over. Um, Omos sends Eric into the barricade. Ivar works over Styles. Styles tries the phenomenal forearm, but Ivar cartwheels out of the way to avoid it. Um, and then hits a lariat. AJ Styles responds with a tornado DDT that looked absolutely fantastic. Ivar holds Omos's legs to stop him from breaking up Eric's pin. Styles kicks out under his own power. AJ Styles then floors Eric with a Pele kick. Omos tags in, body slams Eric. Omos clears the ring. Omos hits the Baldo bomb. Styles hits the springboard for 50 for the win. One, two, three. And still, the Raw Tag Team Champions, AJ Styles and Omos. This match, I'm just tired of it. Um, Omos kind of got to get some, some different shit going on with his moves. And I don't know. I feel like his overall presentation needs to be different. Uh, it's just not, it's not hitting for me. I don't feel like it's, you know, it's killing. Just don't feel it. Just don't feel it. Um, Next match we got was Drew McIntyre versus Veer with Jinder Mahal. And he had some, uh, some lawyer guy next to him or with him. Before the match, Jinder Mahal tells McIntyre, uh, that he has to apologize for what he did to Shanky last week. He said he has his lawyer with him, and, and if McIntyre doesn't apologize, that they're going to sue him. Um, Drew McIntyre says no. In fact, he played a little bit with the crowd, and I, I, I applaud Drew McIntyre for, um, I guess, trying to, I don't know, like keep the crowd involved, get them involved, keep them on his side. It's it's taking initiative. It's showing that he's really committed to to this. And sometimes you just have to do that. And again, I don't know if it's if that's a in his you know they're booking him that way, or if or if maybe he has a little bit of leeway and he's able to go out there and freestyle what he does and how he does it. If that's the case, good. He went out there and he had the had the fans chant. Uh, Drew is going to kill you or something like that. So that was cool. I wish the crowd would have kept saying it. That would have been cool. Um, but this match ended up with Jenna Mahal sliding Vera chair. Drew McIntyre hitting the Claymore onto the chair, onto Vera's face for disqualification. So Vera picks up the win. Um, and after the match, Drew McIntyre beat up Jenna Mahal's lawyer. So that's pretty much it. 
Uh, I don't really have much to say about that other than um, I'm starting to lose interest and I don't know and understand the reason why they're even fighting anymore in the first place. I don't get it. It's lacking story, substance. Um, So we'll see what happens and how they're going to, what's the payoff, like what's going to happen. The next match we got, though, was Natalia and Tamina versus Dewdrop and Eva Marie. Um, Natalia got injured during this match, it seemed like. Um, After, well, I was, I noticed it after like a roll up by Dewdrop. Um, Something happened. Dewdrop had, did a roll up or something to Natalia. And Natalia tagged out. She started hopping around outside the ring. Eva Marie seemed to have a bit of a wardrobe problem, though, in the beginning of this match. Out of nowhere, her fucking top started unbuttoning or unzipping from the back, and she had to tag out really quick. Dewdrop gets in the ring. She flattens Tamina with a low cross body. Eva Marie tags back in and tries to get the pin, but Tamina kicks out, and then a video played on the on the entrance stage with the voiceover from I don't know if it's Alexa or if it's Lily or what but uh, it was a hype video for Lily Lucian Eve Marie turns around and eats a super kick from Tamina Tamina pins uh, Eva Marie and picks up the win and this was kind of weird because I don't know how or what. I mean, I get it. The show must go on. But Eva Marie, I mean, you're risking a lot going out there when you're having wardrobe malfunction. You're risking a lot chagging back in and getting back in the ring. But I get it. You got to continue the plans for the match. This is not the first wardrobe malfunction of the week, though. I believe yesterday, Sunday at a live event, Carmella also had a wardrobe malfunction during her match with Bianca Belair. And it seems she handled it very professionally and kept the match going. The match nearly went on, what, maybe uh, maybe went on nearly a minute after the malfunction. She was able to finish the match. I don't think it was the exact finish that it was supposed to be because it ended with a roll-up. But nonetheless, they finished it. Look, y'all going to have to get y'all gear intact because we can't have that, especially and like championship matches and things that mean something, right? You can't have that. You can't have a period, but just try and get it together. You don't see the Queen's uh, wardrobe malfunctioning, do you? (laughs) The next match we get is, surprisingly, Karrion Cross and the second match on Monday Night Raw versus Keith Lee and his second match back. Boy. This is a double-edged sword, in my opinion. And I've been, I'm sure as you all have seen as well, all night after the announcement of this match, you got people saying, well, you know, fans are going to hate it regardless. Keith Lee wins, people are going to hate it. If Karrion Cross wins, people are going to hate it, which is true. People were going to hate it either way. But in my opinion... I think Karrion Cross picking up the victory would be more beneficial considering that he is the NXT champion. 
And everyone complained last week about him losing to Jeff Hardy because he was champion. So you're telling me that Keith Lee is more valuable and needs a win more than Jeff Hardy? Probably. Yes, you're right. He he does need a win more than Jeff Hardy. But carrying Cross going to a program, you know what I'm talking about, a program that he's going into over on NXT. And I can't wait to watch NXT tomorrow. But him or today, whenever you're listening to this, him going into that pro- program and carrying Cross needed the win. Keith Lee needs wins too, but he did he doesn't need it right now. I feel like you can build up something with Keith Lee and do something uh that's gonna I don't know. He said on Twitter that he had he was gonna tell us everything in two weeks or something like that. And I feel like it has something to do with like I feel like it's I feel like he's working us. I feel like it's storyline. I feel like it ain't got nothing to do with what people think it is. People think it's really, really personal. And it could be. I'm not taking away from that. It could be. Um, and if it is, sorry for thinking that it's, you know, got something to do with wrestling. But I think he's working us. I think he's either going to turn heel or something's going to happen. But Keith Lee needs some edge. Okay. Um, but, yeah, this match was cool. It was a little slow. Um, I been I said last week that Keith Lee seemed extremely slow. He didn't seem like you know the fast, quick agility Keith Lee that we're all used to seeing. He seemed very, very slow. But um, uh, Keith Lee set up uh the spirit bomb, but uh cross countered and hits a doomsday Saito, and then he locks in the cross jacket. And eventually, Keith Lee tapped out. Now, I don't know if Keith Lee should have tapped out or not. I know some people don't agree with the tap out, don't agree with that. But I don't think I'm cool, I'm cool with Karrion Cross winning, but I don't think Keith Lee had to tap out for that to happen. He could have just passed out, and it would have been fine. But I don't know. Maybe they want to make Keith, maybe they want to make Karrion Cross. Maybe there's plans for Karrion Cross. You never know. Maybe there is plans. Um, but yeah, that was a whole debate. It was a whole situation. It was a whole thing. I know. I understand. I get it. But you know, there's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser. The next match was Mace and T Bar. How weird is it to see uh, uh, Dijakovic and uh, wrestle right after his buddy Keith Lee when they should probably be wrestling each other? You know, uh, Dom, Dom Dominic. Dijakovic under his old name, Dominic Dijakovic, and not T-Bar. I believe that's I believe he's T-Bar. Sometimes I can't even tell which one's T-Bar and which one's Mace. I'm not going to lie. Uh, they took on Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. I love Mansoor. Love Ali, always have. Um, Ali and Mansoor are kind of like a new tag team. We're going to see if this works, see if you guys can coexist. Mansoor put this together. Ali doesn't really like it. So it was good. Ali started off by attacking T-Bar as soon as the bell rings. T-Bar destroyed Ali with a tornado boot. Mason T-Bar beat down Ali. Ali surprises T-Bar with a spin kick. Um, Then Ali tagged in Mansoor. Mansoor hops over the ropes, lands a series of strikes on Mace. Mansoor hits a reverse DDT. Scorpion death drop. Go for a pin. Mace kicks out. 
T-Bar boots Mansoor out of the ring. Ali hits a suicide tornado DDT, saving Mansoor. And Ali yells at Mansoor for not paying attention. Ali gets grabbed by Mace. Mansoor pushes Ali out of the way. Uh, Mace tries for a choke slam on Mansoor, but Mansoor countered with a roll-up for the win. Mustafa Ali and Mansoor beat T-Bar and Mace. And after the match, Mansoor tried to celebrate in the ring, but T-Bar and Mace almost grabbed him. Ali pulls him out of the ring. And I like this story. It's kind of like, yo, watch out. Like It's kind of like the teacher-student, but the student is kind of like the teacher at the same time too because Ali was extremely, um, uh, what what is it? He was very surprised that Mansoor was able to pick up that win. But Mansoor still made some mistakes. He hugs uh, Ali, though, and Ali just kind of looks like he doesn't really know how to react. So story so far, so good. The next matchup or segment we get is Bobby Lashley and MVP coming out to basically answer the challenge of Goldberg. MVP asks the crowd to rise to their feet and show the proper respect to the WWE champion. The crowd boos. MVP says last week Goldberg disrespected Lashley. MVP asked if Goldberg is next. Uh, Lashley says he's not going to dignify Goldberg's challenge with a response. Lashley then says that this is his ring and he won't be disrespected by anyone. And all of a sudden, Cedric Alexander's music hits. And he interrupts the champion. Cedric comes down and complains about getting kicked out of the Hurt Business. And he says he knows, Lashley knows that he is better than him. And that's basically why he kicked him out of the Hurt Business. Cedric says he wants Lashley tonight. Shelton Benjamin's music then hits. And he walks down to the ring and Benjamin calls Alexander's voice annoying, which I thought, I figured he he thought he was going to get a huge, huge pop for that. But no one really cared. Um, Shelton Benjamin says he doesn't care about the Hurt Business. He, he's here to give Lashley a real challenge. MVP tells them both that they look foolish. Lashley immediately grabs the mic from MVP and says he'll take them both on at the same time. So we get Bobby Lashley against Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And it was just nothing. Not, I mean, it wouldn't really match. Lashley destroyed both of them, speared Benjamin, gives Benjamin the jackhammer, uh, slams Alexander, stacked him, smashed him, stacked him on top of each other. And he pins them both, and he picks up the win. Now, this is kind of weird. Hey, man, that's the tribal chief shit, man. I don't think the tribal chief is going to appreciate that. But, hey, he's inspiring folks over at Monday Night Raw. So I'm not surprised. But... We didn't get an answer. We didn't get Goldberg. We didn't get anything. So I don't know what the point of that match was. How that progresses the story. I do think that Bobby Lashley in this state is absolutely impeccable. And he's unstoppable. And this is the Bobby Lashley that I like. And it's going to favor him going into the match with Goldberg. From a from an unstoppable standpoint, him beating Goldberg is just going to be that much sweeter. And I hope the crowd is behind Goldberg, and I hope they boo the shit out of Go, uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, just make him that much more vicious for that nice baby face cash in by 
biggie because I know it's coming and I know y'all know it's coming too. The big baby face cash in by biggie is going to be sweet whenever that happens. Uh, we get Riddle versus John Morrison up next. This match was cool. Morrison landed a few strikes. Riddle responded with a suplex. Riddle charges in, uh, but ends up eating a drop kick from John Morrison. Um, Miz ends up spraying Riddle with a drip stick. Um, more shenanigans. Riddle hits a springboard, floating bro to the outside of the ring. Riddle sends Morrison back into the ring. AJ Styles and Omos make their way ringside. And this was kind of a dead giveaway about what they've got planned next. Right? John Morrison surprises Riddle with a drop kick. Riddle fires up and hits a ripcord knee, followed by a power bomb for a near fall after a pin. AJ Styles hands Riddle's scooter to Omos as Riddle goes up to the top rope, who gets distracted. Um, Morrison then, uh, after Omos snapped it in two, Morrison hit a, a spinning crucifix into a Uranagi. And then he hits Starship Pain for the win. And after the match, AJ Styles gets in the ring and gives Riddle the Styles Clash. And Riddle is out cold. I thought Randy, I was expecting Randy Orton's music to hit. I even heard some fans chanting for Randy Orton. But nope, no Orton right now. No Randy. No RK bro for the night. But I'm sure we can all see it from a mile away. We're going to get RK Bro versus Styles and Omos at SummerSlam. I don't know how many of you are too excited or not for that match. Let me repeat that. I don't know how many of you are excited for that match, if you are or if you're not or whatever, but it is what it is. We get a 24-7 championship match, and I believe I said this last week, that they should use this and make matches out of this, you know? And they did. and. Uh, my dumbass thinking it was going to be something serious. It obviously wasn't. It was definitely a way to show the athleticism of Reginald, show the shenanigans. And who better than to do that than with the million-time 24-7 champion, R-Truth. R-Truth is mesmerized by Reginald. Mind you, he's, he's mic'd up during this entire match. R-Truth is wearing a mic the entire match. Um, R-Truth grabs Reginald by his coat. R-Truth then flips out of his coat, and then he throws his Reginald's coat in his face. Reginald then hits a front flip whoopee cushion for the win. A front flip sit-down whoopee cushion for the win. And Reginald is still your 24-7 champion. And then, of course, the rest of the 24-7 field runs down to the ring. Reginald does a no-hands cartwheel out of the ring. Everyone is confused. And he does his backflips up the up the ramp entryway, blah 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 blah. Reginald standing tall with the twenty four seven championship, and just a segment and match, in my opinion. After watching it, just really didn't make a whole lot of sense. But we get to the main event: Nikki Ash, Charlotte Flair, and it was everything that I said it was going to be. It was pure dominance, pure dominance. Charlotte Flair put on another astonishing, fantastic. Goat-like performance. The queen. Now, Nikki had her good moments, too. Uh, she hit a cool crossbody off the apron. Um, she sent Charlotte Flair back in the ring after that point. Uh, Charlotte Flair tried a big boot, but she gets caught in the ropes. Uh, uh, Nikki hits a sunset flip. 
but a sharp flair powers out of it. Nikki hits a bulldog for a two count after a pen attempt. Charlotte Flair lights Nikki up with chop after chop until her chest turned red. Charlotte Flair sits Nikki on the top rope. Nikki lands a tornado DDT. Nikki hits a cross body off the top or off the middle rope. I can't remember which one. But then Flair rolls through the queen. That's that That's that veteran ring awareness. Uh, uh, just, just the knowledge. Rolls through and she pins Nikki for the one, two, three. And Charlotte wins the match. This was also a championship, what they call it, champions challenge champ. What the fuck do they call this shit, man? Champions. Ah, you know what it is. After the match, Charlotte Flair mocked Nikki Ash, and she tells her that no one is in her league. And I agree. No one's in Charlotte's league right now. Nikki grabs the mic and says that she said she's almost a superhero, and she knows that she almost won, but she knows she has the confidence that she can beat Charlotte Flair. Nikki then challenges Charlotte to another match next week, which I don't agree with. Another rematch? Really? Did you have to do that? No, you didn't have to do it. But the queen, being the fucking goat, accepts it. Charlotte then puts her hand out for a handshake. Nikki goes in for to shake her hand, and and Charlotte hits her with a forearm. And then Charlotte Flair boots Nikki in the face twice. And then Flair stands tall over Nikki. Um... And, hey, I'm sure you know what happens after that. Goes off the air. The queen looking strong. The goat. Daniel Bryan is no longer the goat. And the goat is officially belongs to Charlotte Flair. Goat Flair. Just like Goat Bryan. Goat Flair is her name. Um, But that was it. That was the main event. And apparently John Cena came out after the show went off the air and I don't know if he had a match or not, but I don't know. This show could have used a little bit of John Cena. It could have used a little bit of Cena, um, but the show was good. It was decent. Nah, let me stop lying. It was garbage. It wasn't that good. Show was not that good. Crowd didn't really seem into it. And, you know, I always wonder, and maybe it's a no-brainer here, but, like, why, like, whenever I watch Dynamite, the crowd is, like, going crazy nonstop. Like, even for these wrestlers that are just – fucking ass and they're just not that good they are on their feet not necessarily on their feet but they're cheering and booing and cheering for for shit all the time but the crowd is so dead for wwe and i don't understand why i don't think does it really come down to a booking thing like i don't know is it is it booking is it that I don't know, man. It's it's hard to watch any wrestling show when the crowd is not into it, let alone not there, right? It's the same fucking thing. You're better off not being there if you're not going to be into it. Why pay all that money to sit there? And you can't say, oh, well, the product's bad. The product's bad. Stop wasting your money going, you know? But if the if it, obviously you're, you're into it, whether the product's bad or not, you're going to go. But why waste money if you're not going to be into it and cheer and have a good time? I don't worry about the politics and pro wrestling when I'm at a wrestling event. I just try and have fun. I spend my money. I try and have fun the best that I can. I take my kids. My kids, if my kids are having fun, then guess what? 
I had fun. And that's just all it is to it. But most of y'all probably ain't fathers. Most of y'all probably don't got no kids of y'all anyway. And if you do, you probably don't let them watch wrestling because it's not the best thing to watch all the time. Or you probably don't let them watch WWE because it's trash. Anyways, man, I'm going to get out of here. That was the Monday Night Raw review. 40 minutes. Wow. That's because I gave y'all a little scoop. I gave y'all a little scoopity scoop. I gave y'all a little sauce, a little Charlotte Flair goat talk in the beginning, huh? Yeah, I figure I'd, I'd do this review just a tad bit different um, than normal. Not sound like a robot for the most part for the entire duration of the show. I didn't. I gave you guys a little, 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 uh, little sprinkles. I didn't play by play every single match because guess what? That gets boring sometimes. Um, before I get out of here, though. Why is my nose stuffy? Oh, no, I'm getting sick. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> before I get out of here, um, I just want to elaborate more on the Keith Lee situation. He said that he has a story to tell soon. He said, give him a week or two. Interesting. I'm curious as to what this is. Um, let's see. What else? John Cena officially announced for the Super Smackdown at Madison Square Garden. That's after, well after uh, SummerSlam. So that's interesting. I'm interested to see why he'll be there and, and so on and so forth. There's been rumors about The Rock appearing at Survivor Series in some capacity. I guess it's the 25th anniversary of his debut or something like that. Um, he's not scheduled to wrestle. In any way, shape, or form. Uh, at least that's what the reports are saying. So I don't know. Um, I wish that shit like that didn't come out. Like, I wish things would stay. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's kind of sucks, man. WWE kind of sucks because all their shit gets leaked all the time. You know, AEW is fun right now. And it's, it's it feels good because you really get genuinely surprised about shit. WWE, you know, like we know the whole fucking card a, a month before the damn show. Like it's crazy. Um, other news, WWE is officially returning to Saudi Arabia in October, bearing travel restrictions. So if they're able to travel, then they're going to be going to Saudi Arabia, according to Andrew Zarian. Is it Zarian or Zarian? I'm sorry. Um, of the Matt Man podcast, but yeah, um, yeah, it sucks. It really sucks that they're going back there, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, here's the question though: Will they do the Queen of the Ring tournament before they go to Saudi, or after they go to Saudi? That's the real question. How Vince McMahon is going to swing uh, swing this. Um, what the fuck? I said, Nyeh! almost fucking threw up. <laughs> um, but that's the real question. How is Vince McMahon going to swing this? Because you know it's going to turn into, they're only doing the Queen of the Ring because they went to Saudi Arabia. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. He better do it as soon as possible, though, because the closer it gets to October, the more that narrative is going to be, you know, 
played or whatever the case. I don't know. Um, on the other side, though, to make to add insult to injury and make WWE look even more like assholes, AEW donated one hundred thousand uh, dollars to Safe Alliance ahead of Fight for the Fallen, and will also donate a percentage of the proceeds um, from the Fight for the Fallen T-shirts to Safe Alliance. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Continuing the tradition, Fight for the Fallen, being a charitable event. I like it. I like it. It's a good deal. But that's pretty much all I got. That's all the news right now. I'm not going to, well, it's not all the news, but I'm not going to give you all the news. This is supposed to be a Monday Night Raw uh, uh, review. And it still is. I just wanted to give you guys just a little extra just in case. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for for sticking around and listening to me after or, you know, you guys watch Raw 2, I know. Or maybe you didn't and you're listening to me because you want to know. You know, I would like to be one of those guys. I'd like to be one of those guys that can give you your review. You don't have to watch a single bit of it. Or maybe you missed some and you instead of going back and catching up, you listen to me. You listen to Brian Tronic right here within the ropes. I appreciate it. Make sure you follow within the ropes on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, at Within the Ropes, Facebook.com slash Within the Ropes Podcast. Like and follow the page. And go to YouTube. Go to search bar, type in Within the Ropes Podcast, or you can go to Within the Ropes Podcast.com. It's at the top. It's a little, little icon. Just click on the YouTube icon. Subscribe to the channel. I got original content and things in the works, you guys. You guys are going to see my face pretty freaking soon. And I know those of you who know what I look like and know me, you miss it. I will have my double or nothing sweatshirt on and I'll be talking about Charlotte. You know, I need to give me a Charlotte Flair. Um, I need to give me a Charlotte Flair sweatshirt so I can just wear that all the time. Um. But yeah, that's it, guys. I don't have anything else. 46 minutes. That's insane. That's cool. I'm not even tired. But now it's time to say goodbye and good night, wrestling fans.